The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos don't celebrate New Year's Eve on the same day as everyone else? Uh, that's because they follow the Mayan calendar, which means they haven't celebrated a New Year's Eve since 2012. <laughs> We're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to pretend. For more armadillo-related facts to find out how you can access episodes a day early and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're talking about chapters, uh, the prologue through chapter three of Towers of Midnight, book 13. 13. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe we got this far of the Wheel of Time. Previously, we mostly read about Rand and Egwene. Simiraj escapes from captivity. What an entirely unforeseeable turn of events. <laughs> she uses the domination ban to make him kill Min, but instead he channels Dark One juice to escape and zorch her. From then on, we've got Dark Rand, harder than Quindalar, and sadder than a busload of orphan puppies. <laughs> For basically the rest of the book. Thanks, Simiraj. Uh, Dark Rand meets with Tuon to try for an alliance, but the Empress of the Nation of Torturing Slavers is like, whoa, this guy's a fucking psycho. Hard pass. <laughs> As if to prove her point, Rand locates Grendel in her secret base, confirms her presence by sending in some poor flunky, then nukes the entire base along with a few hundred innocent staff. Uh, but uh, hey, maybe they were all dark friends, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, Nynaeve, Min, and Cad Swain team up for some reason and toss Rand's dad into the mix because, I don't know, chaos, burn it all down, right? So Rand gets mad and attacks his dad, and he realizes that's bad and makes him oh so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, fully unhinged and diving for rock bottom, Rand teleports to Ebudar, bent on genocide, but pukes all over himself and runs off to the top of Dragon Mount for some brooding. He yeah. did do that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I've been there. <laughs> you know, he's having a rough day, okay? Uh, so, he, speaking of having a rough day, he's just about to destroy all of creation when his ancient insane head wizard, ever the voice of reason, is like, hey man, maybe dial it back a little bit. Let's, let's not destroy creation. Yeah, I, I believe what he actually said was, all you need is love. <laughs> yeah, peace and love, bro. Peace and love. Oh my God, is Luther and Telemann John Lennon? It makes it makes sense. I mean, if you rearrange the letters, it spells John Lennon. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> so with all that, Rand is cured, and he can laugh again. Hopefully, it's a healthy chuckle and not gibbering cackles. But you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Uh, now, Egwene's stuff is way more fun. As a prisoner of the White Tower, Egwene is initially doing great, rolling around, flipping White Tower sisters left and right, but after a really awkward dinner party, she finds herself in a jail cell, which makes it way harder to subtly undermine Lyda with every waking moment. But Lyda is incompetent, so she gets out just in time to meet with Viren, who reveals herself to be a black Aja double agent who's been taking copious notes. So, Viren kills herself, but bequeaths to Egwene her Dismantling the Black Aja for Dummies book. <laughs> Shortly after, the Shan Chen attack the tower, so Egwene buckles on her ass-kicking boots, grabs herself a handful of wizard batteries, sorry, they prefer to be called novices, whatever, <laughs> and she goes fiery god of destruction on the Shan Chen, driving them off. Then comes Gwen, just chock full of stupid, carries her back to the rebel camp. Despite that setback, Egwene gets down to business. Using the tricks she learned from the Black Aja hunters, Egwene exposes and executes 
all of the Black Aja in the Rebel camp, then rides up to the White Tower ready for a fight. But the White Tower has had enough fighting for one day, and they declare Egwene the new Amerlin, ready for some rebuilding. <sighs> okay, now, quick recap on the other 300 characters in the book, okay? <laughs> uh, Perrin, reunited with Fayil and like 100,000 assorted refugees, yay I guess. He decided it's time for him to meet with Rand and uh, have a wolf and dragon bro down. Matt is on his way to Camelin for a pit stop before he launches his heroic rescue of Moraine from the Portal of Goo or Tower of Genji or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Uh, Nynaeve is cozying up to Cat's wing in a way that makes us all very unhappy. Uh, sorry, I guess Min too. Both Nynaeve and Min are cozying up to Cat's Yeah, uh, big letdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elaine is probably doing some stupid shit in Camelin that no one cares about. <laughs> I, I assume she's queen now. She hasn't managed to get herself killed despite Brigitte's best efforts, but who knows, you know? <laughs> who cares? Uh, and Bella is living it up in the White Tower, enjoying those primo White Tower oats, I assume. Okay, so now it is time to judge this book the best way there is to judge a book by its cover. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as always, we have our delightful cover art here. Uh, we see our intrepid rescue party of Matt and two elderly gentlemen. I just don't like this Matt. Yeah. Look at he's so brawny and like square jawed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He looks like Superman. Mm, mm-hmm. At least he's wearing a cloak. <laughs> at the very least, and his signature hat, which I guess I mean that's not exactly how I pictured his hat, but it's fine, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, for living in a place where there's a bunch of um, like droughts and you know winter and stuff going on, he's he's chonky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been eating well. That's a yeah. well-fed fellow right there. Yeah. yeah. Also, where is this foxhead medallion? Uh, is that it? Right? That that thing right there? It's just like a circle. That, yeah, it looks like a little brooch with a cross on it. Oh, so maybe. I, he's got, well, he's got to be touching his skin, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's probably hidden under his shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So, the the two old people, that's Tom Marilyn and... and Noel. Noel. Noel, that's yeah. right. Okay. Noel looks kind of like the guy who would keep your ball if it landed in his yard, though, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> like a mean old guy. And his staff, I don't know what this staff is. It looks like somebody like cut off Nanny's braid and glued it to the top of a stick. <laughs> it looks oh, like he's got a, like, like he caught a beehive yeah. with a stick. <laughs> he's like, well, this is my, this is my beehive stick now. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with me. I got bees. And I, don't, I mean, I appreciate, after having watched the show, I appreciate they, they actually did give Tom a multicolored cloak, but it doesn't even go down to his butt. I was going to say, this is a weird interpretation of the Gleeman's cloak. Like, like it's supposed to be fluttery with like with uh, with scraps of fabric that, that move off of it, and this yeah. looks kind of like someone painted it. It know? doesn't even look like a cloak. It looks like a shawl. Yeah, yeah. right? It's not yeah, much like of a cloak. Stole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Gleeman's stole. And he's cutting a triangle into... The Tower of the Genji. The Tower of Genji, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, he doesn't. He has, he has zero fucks. He's like, I'm going to cut my way into this motherfucker, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it sounds like a stupid idea, but from the looks of it, it's working, you know? Yeah. can argue with the results. Uh, so this, again, this is not like a cover thing, but the introductory quote, you know, they always do like an introductory quote, mm-hmm. is actually by Loyal. And true to character, it's like half a page long. Usually it's like three sentences, and this is like a whole damn page. <laughs> I right. know. Thanks, Loyal. Aw, made me happy. I'm glad Loyal you know, had something that was written and preserved. Yeah, yeah I know. He got published. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I would read his book. Wait, are we reading his book? Is his book 14 books? Whoa! Are you saying you think Robert Jordan might have put Loyal in as the char- author self-insert character? That, I don't think authors do that. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? There and back again in Ogier's Tale? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, prologue, distinctions, icon of the Wheel of Time. 
So we get a strong opener with Lan. Uh, he's riding towards his death like a suitor rides towards a maiden or whatever, hand on his bow, gravel pouring from his pores, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he would be a lot further along by now. He's, yeah. he's only in Saldea. Yeah, like, like if you look at the map, he's like, oh, you know, maybe a couple miles from where he started. He's not riding very fast. He's yeah. not in a hurry to get to his death, so that's good, at least, I guess. And maybe we didn't see the part where Nynaeve, like, traveled to every destination along his path and said, if you see a man who looks like this, trip his horse. <laughs> Just throw a bag over his head and run away. Because <laughs> he can't get out of bags, that's the thing. Lan is a, a great fighter, but getting out of bags is difficult. Right, mm-hmm. and so Lan is doing exactly the thing that Nynaeve expected him to do. Uh, which is ride slowly to his death at Tarwin's Gap. I, yeah, I mean, I guess if you look, he, he she might have put him like on the tip of that peninsula, so maybe he's been riding along that peninsula all the time. I guess so, yeah. yeah. But then like, some dude shows up and said, Lan, I'm here to join you! Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm one of the all the people that's coming to join you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's like, remember that time we met 20 years ago? And Lan's like, kinda? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and at first, Lan's like, screw up, kid, you know? Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work. That kid's, like, persistent. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't screw off. I'm going to come fight to the death with you. <laughs> he's like, okay, just you. <laughs> sure. And the one became two. Yeah, ominous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. And he's like, okay, now I'm just going to stay away from everybody. <laughs> gonna this is going to work out really well. Yeah, yeah. Just like he plans. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Glad he's glad he's uh, doing well. Yeah, so, I, I, I I I hope we get more scenes of Land like his army growing. These are kind of entertaining, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And then we get to Perrin, who's having a dream. A blacksmith a, dream. A blacksmith dream. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like a wolfy like there's a wolf there, but it's mostly a blacksmith dream. Yeah. Right, right. Hopper's like, hey man, you want to give into the wolf? You know. <laughs> and Perrin's like, fuck no. Yeah, I, th- no. I thought we were past all this, Perrin. Be yeah. a wolf, it's fine. How come Perrin never worries about giving in to the blacksmith? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, let's be fair here, right? Yeah. Oh no, the hammer's calling me. Uh, teach the controversy, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I take up the hammer, I may never stop hammering. <laughs> and, yeah. Besides, and, being a wolf is cool as shit, all right? Well, apparently blacksmith dreams are all about symbolism, because it's all about, how do I, I keep hammering this puzzle and it's still not solving the puzzle? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sorry, Perrin. I'm just hammering as hard as I can. It still looks like crap. Yeah. <laughs> when Perrin's talking about it, because he talks about a physical puzzle later and he can't figure it out, and I was just imagining, like, <laughs> it's just like two pieces. You have to, like, pull it down and apart. <laughs> Perrin <laughs> not understands. It's not even a puzzle. just accidentally bent a nail around another puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, it's devilishly clever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, like he said, he found it on the ground, right? This could just be like some guy's like old shit that he threw. Looks like a blacksmith puzzle. Yeah, so Perrin is basically having a dream about how everything's not going right for him, and he's sad. Yeah, it's not as bad as one of Rand's hell dreams, but you know, still. And but right. Hopper's there, and Hopper's like, "Why don't you just come have a wolf party with us?" We're like, "Yeah, right." Wolves, like, wolves don't give a crap about any of this crap. Like you know it, we know it. Hopper knows it. Being a wolf is cool as shit, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And. Then he dreams about uh, Malden, the horrible battle of Malden. He dreams about killing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's Which right. Which he did. He's, yeah, he did he's that. sad about killing Aram. Oh, uh, but he didn't, right? Like, he didn't kill Aram. So. Well, fast. <laughs> we knew this for the character. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, Aram tried to kill him and then just died. Like, yeah, slipped on the banana peel. <laughs> yeah. But then he wakes up mm-hmm. and everything's okay, but Perrin's not okay. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Grendel. Yeah, I had to do a double take here because I was pretty sure Grendel got bail fired to shit, but 
Apparently, we're getting a little bit of a this, flashback this here. This is a bit of a frustrating retcon. Yeah, I know, I thought right? Rand's plan totally worked. Yeah, right? Like, this is one of those things where you... It's like a heist movie where they're like, oh, this is what I did earlier. And you're like, how would you possibly do that? That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, Grendel and Erengar are hanging out at Grendel's old place, which we know is not long for this world. Yes. Right. And, uh, let's see. Rand's decoy shows up, right? And Grendel immediately... Immediately figures it out. She's like, "Oh, okay, this this is a trap." Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this is a dumb. It's exactly what Rand wanted her to think. Right. Yeah. yeah. This was a dumb trap from a dumb dumb. Yeah. The the forty the forty chess thing is kind of working here at first, but uh, even then, and, uh, Rand's plan almost works. Yeah, it's it's like totally about to work, but then at the last minute, Grendel decides to have Irongar and Delana both do compulsion on the guy and send <laughs> yeah. him back. So, yeah, she's like, oh, this will confuse him. I don't know. I mean, that was a really good move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's too it's too much of a stretch, like, that she knew that he was about to do, like, the most powerful balefire of all time. Well, and I, that he was, and that he wanted her to compel the guy so that, yeah, that, I, and then he could, you know, do a proof of, proof of work on it or something. I, I, I think she didn't get that part. It was more just, she knew that he was trying to, like, uh, flush her out or something, right? Because even even with knowing all that, he almost gets her because she sends her little, like, eye bird. She can do warging into birds now. That's yeah, fine. which is uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I would do that all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, if I... <laughs> that would be my palace, my evil Dark Lord palace. It'd be just full of, like, different animals that I could, like, go into and run around in. Yeah, it'd be yeah. awesome. But, like, she's like, oh, what is he doing over there? Oh, shit! And then she <laughs> teleports back in, teleports out, kicks... And Delana, and then the the boss is like, "Sorry, guys." Pieces out. Yeah, lady losers. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it is a little bit uh, eye rolly in terms of like villain plot, but it it also kind of makes sense because I think Grendel's kind of a fun villain, and it'd be kind of shitty to toss her out right now. They're like, we can still milk this for some some drama, right? Yeah, and it's it's true. I guess in the end, he did get a Forsaken and a Black Aja as like a bonus. That's true. Yeah, it's like a freebie. Ambition to all those uh, hundreds of innocent people. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Then we cut to Galad, who is leading his like good guy white cloaks, good guy ish. Yeah, you know, I I hated Galad, but like damned if he isn't like the best thing to happen to the to the children of light, you know. Yeah, he's the best white cloak, which makes him the worst everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? I mean, they really still suck. Like, I don't want to go out too far here, but you know, they're I guess marginally tolerable now. Um, yeah, he's leading them through a terrible swamp. And he's there. He's going to ally with the Aes Sedai, which is a smart thing to do if the apocalyptic battle against magic users is coming. Yeah, he gives a little like team building speech, which I mean, it's it's even even Galad's like, well, I think that's good enough. It's not great, but it's fine. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's not I mean, to get him going. Yeah, it's, it's what they need, you know. Put some gas in the tank. Yeah, just do your best, Galad. And it's really weird how they march in armor. I don't think that that is a normal thing to do. Well, they're white cloaks. They're like high on their own farts, right? I guess so. But it, it, this this swamp would be a lot less terrible if you weren't wearing, you know, eighty Metal. pounds of. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Eh, you know, they they they're not afraid of pain. Yeah, and I wonder. I mean, I hate to blame everything on Brandon Sanderson, uh-huh. but I love to blame everything on Brandon Sanderson. I wonder if this is something that Robert Jordan would have known that Brandon Sanderson doesn't. Is that you don't you don't ride your warhorse. Uh, on ca- when on campaign, you only ride it when you go to battle, and you don't wear your armor all the time because why would you? Well, to be like the football players wearing their their pads on the bus. They do take off their armor when they ford that river, which is, so it's like something that they didn't think about. Bad. Yeah, but but then they put it back on immediately. <laughs> right, and then they he is ambushed 
by all the other white cloaks. Yeah, the, the other shittier children of yeah, light. Yeah, even worse ones. Yeah. And he goes and does a deal with them, and the deal is he will surrender and be tortured and whatever if all of his men get spared. It's, a, like, it's interesting, when I was reading this, I was like, I'm getting a little bit of an Egwene vibe here, because he does the thing where he's like, he talks to the other captain, he's like, what is a white cloak, you know, what is a, what do the children of the light believe, you know? Yeah. So he like, kind of sways his, his enemy's allies uh, in that conversation. He still gets his ass kicked, but still, you know? Yeah, you're right, he totally, he totally sways them. This is a political move. Yeah. Um, but Asanawa's uh, supporters kind of like, yeah, yeah, like he's kind of right, yeah, you know. Yeah. Then we cut to Patton Fane, who is in the blight, just having a good time. Yeah, I know, right? He's just living his best life. I know. I kind of wish I was Patton Fane. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. He's not scared of shit. He just killed yeah. a worm. And it, for those of you who don't remember, that's the giant fucking like nightmare creatures. He just apparently killed one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he eats a bunch of Trollocs. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just got Mashadar just kind of hanging around. Right. Yeah, a bunch of Trollocs and a Mirdral runs away from him and he like corrupts the Trollocs and turns them into like Pad and Fane Trollocs or something. I know. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, it's I wish cool. I had a murder fog. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you? <laughs> I mean, only when I eat eggs. That's good. And for more fart jokes, so yeah, he's on his way to kill Rand, and he knows Rand is going to Shial Gull, so that's where he's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this dude is totally going to pull a golem, right? Like it's going to be, you know, yeah. Rand is holding his hand over the pits of Shial Gull, and he's going to come bite his finger off or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Man, when is the last time we had a Pat and Fane POV? Oh, books, right? Yeah, yeah it's been, definitely not. Yeah, for a POV. I don't even remember. Like his, his last appearance was even like when Rand uh, uh, crashed that party of his uh, opposition, right? And then Patton Fane was there and ate everyone with his murder cloud. Yeah, he did that. That was like a long time ago. Yeah. I think that's the last time we saw Patton Fane. It's also when he, I think he stabbed Rand, right? That's when he got his... I guess he's just been hanging out in the blight, you know, having a good old time. Yeah, you know, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds great. Speaking of hanging out in the blight... Yeah, we cut to uh, Malinarin Rai, uh, who is commander of a Kandori watchtower. Yeah. And in a really cool scene, he they lose contact with the other watchtowers. Yeah. And uh, they, they find that they're, they're beset upon by a Trolloc horde, and they, they send three messengers out, along with the, the light message that they give, they give out. And one of them was supposed to be his son, which would have been good, because then his son would have been saved. Right, yeah. But then the son was like, no, I sent someone else in my place because he's lighter. My duty is here. Well, and like, today you are a man, my son. Well, he's all, and it's also like, oh, and also his mom has already lost three kids, so you know, it's like it was it's a kind of, saving Private Ryan kind yeah, of moment. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of awesome. I found it very moving. I yeah, mean, I know yeah. we just met these people, and you know, they're not going to be around real long, but I thought it was it's good. It's cool. Yeah, I liked how, how gung ho these people were. They're like, oh, it's last stand time, you and know, that tracks with Borderlanders. Like that's their thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we've seen many Kandori in particular, but you know, the, like all Borderlanders, they're just like. Hard as shit, and it's like we are here to die for the for the wall or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, is this the hour when I will die for my for to protect the light? Yeah, or maybe it is the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> maybe thirty minutes. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess the Trollocs are moving out of the blight. It's happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, he as at the end, a horde of shadow spawns show up. You know, just yeah. a, a wave. Yeah. So, chapter one, apples first. With the sign of the dragon. With the icon of the dragon. Yeah. Uh, we get the famous wind intro. 
Yeah, it blows over Shanchen where shit is super on fire and everything sucks. Yeah, yeah. Just, just just does a drive by Shanchen and decides not to stop. Yeah, the one is like, fuck these guys, they deserve that shit, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Well, they say the fields of peace were aflame, the Tower of Ravens was broken as prophesied, and a murderer openly ruled in Shandar. They've all been murderers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> like you mean like normal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it flies all the way to Dragon Mount, which is like you know. 5,000 miles away or something. That's a long wind. That is yeah. a long wind. And it ruffles the, the hair of Almond Bunt. Do you guys mm-hmm. remember that guy? I, you know, I didn't, but apparently this is the cart guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah he gave Randon Matt a ride in his cart, right? The, the guy that talks a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a deep callback, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, holy shit. Apparently he's like running an apple orchard now. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, sort of, because <laughs> things just really suck. Yeah, poorly run. Well, it's not his fault. Yeah, yeah. the dark one touches their, their orchard. Right, yeah, the, the crops are failing all over, all the apples have died, there's crazy Taveran stuff going on all over the place. It's, it's like dire times, because they're talking about how this is the last crop that was supposed to save the village, so they're like, everyone's going to starve, you know? Yeah, intense, and Almond's about to give up, uh, when then a mysterious thing happens, the, the trees are all healed. Yeah, Rand shows up with his messianic glow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like his beatific face. Yeah. Uh, and... There's no subtlety here. Rand is like, oh yeah, that's my present. That's, you know, it's because I'm nearby. Yeah. I was, I was wondering about this. Is this like a Tavarin thing? Is it just like, because he's the Dragon Reborn? Is it because he's Light Rand now? He's Light Rand now. I think that's what it's it. I think he's the Dragon Reborn and he's got like the, the, the touch of the pattern on him. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just manipulating it the way um, Elida could manipulate like roses and shit. I thought he was just using his magic at that moment. Yeah, so I thought it was like, it was not even channeling. It was just... Passive oh. presence thing. Yeah, literally his presence. Because remember, wow. remember the end of the last book when he uh, got over his bullshit right at the very end, and then the clouds broke above him. Uh-huh. So he's, he's like he's the Fisher King, right? Like his his health is the land's health. Yeah, oh. that's kind of the impression. So so the fact that he's you know not evil and dark anymore means that thing, good things are going to happen around him. Because I think I think in in the previous book there was some mention of the fact that the the events around him. We're taking a dark turn where they used to be kind of like even good, even bad kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now his like Tavern influence is like was all oh, that stuff. I didn't even put that together. So yeah. that used to be like oh. a mix because he was, you know, Balance. on the fence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and now then, theoretically, good things are going to be happening around him. So that, yeah. Now he's Randolph the White. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's good. Yeah. And then uh, Rand says some wise stuff, and then Rand moves on and says, "There's something I've been putting off." Honestly, this this scene, I know it was kind of like a little, a little cheesy, but it got me really excited because like I was really tired of Dark Rand and like absolutely this makes me kind of excited for the the new Rand that we're gonna. We're I was getting. tired of Gray Rand too. I'm tired <laughs> of all the Rands. So yeah. just like like Rand really was nice guy Rand. Not very much fun, right? Like, yeah. but but if Rand is like, oh, I'm I'm like at peace with myself and like ready to do some shit, I, I could get I could get on with that. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. he used to be quite a handful, but he's much easier to get along with now. <laughs> That's right. Now you just got to hand it to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's have a, let's let's have, let's give Rand a hand, right? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if this is the scene as him practicing his stump speech. Oh, him to, you know, go around. <laughs> well then. <laughs> so, chapter two: questions of leadership, icon of the wolf. So Perrin is leading his huge, slow convoy caravan of like 100,000 people. Yeah, uh, we've discussed previously the logistical nightmare of moving 100,000 people. Like it's a city that he's walking around with. He's walking around with a city. Yeah, and uh, he's, we see a little scene of him having some swords just join him for the food instead yeah. of like being bandits. Which so, reveals something interesting. 
Yeah, the, the parents' food is is not rotting. Yeah, so this is, maybe this is a Tavarin thing, like Tavarin protection for yeah, whatever. It yeah, it must yeah. be. Which is interesting because that means that Tavarin are going to start accumulating people, right? Like yeah, right. Building everybody, armies. Everybody has to follow them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To survive. And uh, yeah, as we mentioned before, Perrin has found a blacksmith puzzle to uh-huh. hold in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. In case we forget what like the, the analogy is. Yeah. Wait, so the, that means it's, it's like... Finding the G spot, right? Like it's like, oh, you can't figure out how to work the the the, the puzzle that can't be solved or whatever. Is that, is that what this is about? Explain more. It's a sex thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> he can't please Fail. Is that what's going on? I don't, know, like, I don't know. He's super like upset, not upset with Fail. Like he can't connect with Fail or something going on right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, he can't connect with Fail. <laughs> hmm. No, I, I think it's I think it's more like he just doesn't he doesn't know what to do. You know, it's like a a metaphor for his confusion of. Sorting himself out, really. Right, yeah, which is... That's annoying, because didn't we just have that with Rand? Yeah, I know. Is this, is this whole book going to be about Dark Perrin? Because I could do without that. Yeah. That's the thing I like about Matt. He never tries to figure himself out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt is who he is, uh, for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah, now we are... So there's, it's still cloudy where he is. Are we going to see the clouds change from everyone's perspective, like the thing with the beacon before? I was kind of wondering about that. I think this is, yeah, so I think this is before the, the big event, right? So is, this might be yeah. a bunch of POVs as we're yeah. leading up to Rand's, you know. Or, or is awakening. it just that the clouds have parted around Rand and he's walking around in like a gap in the clouds? <laughs> like, <wherever laughs> a, like a literal sunbeam, like shining on him wherever he's right? going? Yeah, maybe. Tavarin could do that yeah. kind of shit. So Perrin is moving more slowly than he would like to. Uh, and Perrin and Fael, of course, still disagree on his lordliness. Perrin is still doing that thing where, like, i got to take those flags down and make, every, make these 100,000 people stop saluting me. <laughs> and Fael's like, okay, come on, man. Let's get over it. And for the first time, I find myself agreeing with Fael. <laughs> what, what is this upside-down land? <laughs> but then there's something up ahead. Yeah, they, they come, well, no, they come upon a man from this group that Perrin sent ahead, right? I totally yeah. forgot about this. I guess this was before the, the attack on... Malden, he sent some people off. Maybe it was like the... I don't even know. I don't remember at all. Yeah, I know that he sent Basil Gill and maybe uh, Morgay's slash... I can't remember what Morgay's new name is. Magden. Magden, yeah. I think he sent a few people off on... Oh, yeah, like, to, he did. Oh, there's a fight. We might all die. You should go up, off ahead or something like that. Yeah. So apparently they're going to Lugard for whatever reason. Right. It's like... Perrin just trying to herd cats is like, fuck, they're, now they're going to Lugar. Yeah, you I, told them we were I, going to Camelin. I know you told us to go to Camelin, but we decided we were all just going to go the other way. <laughs> yeah, it's like gross up there. We're going to, go to, we're going to go to Lugar, then we're going to go to Camelin. It's like, dude, stop it. <laughs> yeah. He's having enough trouble getting these people together as it is. Uh, and like, it's like, I mean. Oh, another thing, file that, that happens, comes up in this file conversation. Perrin's uh, refugees are slowly turning into an army. Like, she, she's like, yeah, a bunch of these people keep. Figuring out that they're really good at swords. I don't know. <laughs> like Tavarin things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty great. Then we get to Galad, who wakes up. He's been all beaten up. Yeah. He's in a prison tent. Totally yeah. naked. Yeah. And he, he kind of takes care of himself, right? Like he, you know, spits on a piece of cloth and to, to like wipe his face even though his hands are tied. Yeah. But it occurred to me, has Galad ever actually been beaten up like this before? Probably not. He's a very he's a he's a very successful fighter, right? Well, also and he's a very rich guy. Also right, who, who grew up in a palace. Yeah, next right next to the queen. I, I was it struck me as a little dissonant that Galad was able to sort of deal with this level of like pain and disability of being having the total crap beat out of you. Yeah, so so easily, you know, not even he's not even worried about it. He, we never even 
have an emotion in here where he feels bad about having being in like massive pain. I kind of buy it because Galad is so like incredibly like off her arm that he could he like he doesn't he doesn't like he's almost a sociopath, right? He's like, this is the right thing I'm going to do, and I don't know about the other things that are happening, but this is the thing I'm going to do, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, that hurts. Oh well. Yeah, <laughs> like I kind of buy yeah. it from Galad, but I, I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. wiping his face before he goes and gets tortured to death is a little silly, but you know, right. And then some people are coming, and before he gets himself ready to face his torture bravely, but it turns out it's those other white cloaks that he was, you know, doing politics with at the parley, and they killed Asanawa and say he's the boss now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like Asanawa was like he's a dark friend. They're like this guy does not have the mental flexibility to be a dark friend. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, really? This guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Asanawa, Asanawa, <clears throat> he didn't come ahead in this conflict uh he'll never be the head of the white cloaks now yeah just a little bit short (laughs) and so yeah galad is the boss now yeah he reunited the white cloaks and is writing for andor to presumably join up with the dragon armies i guess right and i I have complained about brandis anderson before and i will again but boom storyline closed off (laughs) i'm I'm okay with this i don't want i don't i'd be happy if we never hear from galad again amon valda gone asanawa gone white cloaks on board (laughs) yeah tie that off so, chapter three, the Amerlin's anger, icon of the Tar Valon flame. Egwene is dreaming, a summons to Nynaeve. Dreaming. Yeah, she's yeah. lurking in the dreaming. place between dreams. Dreaming. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as she's heading out, she has a, I guess they both dreams? She's dreaming some more. Yeah. She has well, more prophecies. There's a dreaming like the place and the dreaming like the prophecy dreams. Yeah, right. It's yeah, yeah. pronounced slightly differently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love these prophecy dreams. Yeah. She dreams that... 13 black towers collapse down to 6. This Wait, is the Forsaken, right? It's got to be the Forsaken, yeah. right? I think that's the count. But right one now. one gets torn down to half and then gets way taller. I don't have any idea what that is. That's one of the ones, like, is that Ishmael, the one that, like, got sort of killed by Rand sort of twice? Mm, and then that became must be the Nablus? The Nablus. That, yeah, that that's makes, what I was figuring. That makes perfect sense. It, yeah. it also could be Lanfear, who, like, got melted into portal goo and then came back as Sindane, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I think probably because that one gets taller than all the others it's got to be Ishmael right? yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah so wait so who is it it's Ishmael Sindane assuming she's a Forsaken yeah uh, not, not Arangar no. not Asingar not Asingar uh, not Asmodian. Grendel yeah yeah not Asmodian. Uh, a Masana's fucking around in the tower. Masana, right? And uh, probably Semiraj. fucking not Semiraj. not Semiraj. yeah it's probably Semiel right because he died off camera and the weird stuff keeps happening uh, I was going to say Demandrit Oh. Slash oh. Bathroom Tame. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, could be, yeah. So he's still fucking around, right? Yeah. Robin's gone. Have we yeah. named everybody? I'm trying uh, to think. There's also Bilal. Yeah, Bilal who? Well, that was that was Arangar, right? Uh, oh, no, no, no. no. Agnor and Balthamel were Arangar and That's right, I completely forgot about Bilal. Oh, yeah, remember, he was the guy in the third book. Yeah, he was the one Moraine bail fired, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, he didn't even get killed by Rand. <laughs> oh, man, poor Bilal. Yeah, that's really embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but Samael is dead, right? Like, he, he must was, be. Yeah, he, they Rand left him at Shadow Logoth. No one survived Shadow Logoth. That, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he died off camera, and that's the end of it. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, then there's a serpent in an eagle's nest eating the eagle's uh, hatchlings. Mm-hmm. And and she interprets that to mean that Masana is in the White Tower, which, yeah, duh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. that's pretty cool. And then there was a third one. What was the third yeah, one? Yeah, and then there was a, a crystal sphere that was shattered and held together by ropes. And it was shown down on by 23 stars, mm-hmm. and then Rand shows up and starts cutting the ropes. <laughs> okay, well, 
Yeah, that's something Graham would do. Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know what the 23 stars are supposed to be. Yeah, that's a good I question. I was wondering if they're supposed to be like nations or leaders or something, because I thought it was a political thing. Oh, it could be, yeah. yeah. Are there 23 nations or 23 kingdoms or something? I suppose I could go to the map and count, but I super don't want to. <laughs> we'll, we'll say, yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, that's it. We, yeah. we solved it. Yeah, definitely 23 nations. And then she wakes up. And she gets an urgent message. Rand is here at the front door yes. of the tower. So I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> like, say what you will. Say what I will about Brandon Sanderson. This shit is happening. I know, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and of course, apparently he just like walked up to the front door and was like, Hey, I'm the Dragon Reborn. Uh, can I holler at your girl? You yeah, know? Right. I, I don't have an appointment. Can you squeeze me in? This is a very Rand move, right? Like just walking yeah. up to the White Tower, like I need to talk to you guys. He didn't even change clothes. No, he's still in he's his still like wearing his like pukey clothes. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. He, he probably still has vomit down the front of his shirt. <laughs> no one's commenting on it, but everyone knows it's there. Yeah. So we cut to Swan, who is rushing to the meeting along with everybody else, uh, and she's hanging out with her friend. Saren, she yeah. made a friend. Yeah, I know. Now that she's not the Omerlin seat, she can make friends with people. And she, she even commented, she's like, when I was the Omerlin seat, I had to turn everyone against each other. Saren was really annoying. But now that I don't give a shit, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that somebody else's problem, she's awesome. I'm so happy for Swan. Like, I don't know, is she married yet? I don't know. But she's she's bonded. She's got like a solid, like, spouse presence in her life. And she's got a buddy. Being stilled is like the best thing that ever happened to it her, really right? Is, yeah. yeah. They should all do it. Everyone <laughs> should try it. Uh, so then Swan and Gareth Bryan discuss how Egwene is awesome yeah. and better than Swan was. Yeah, but like Swan help her get there, right? She's and like cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Swan Swan's good about it, I think. You she know? gets it, yeah. She she built the team, but she's not the one that can win the Super Bowl. That's right, exactly. And then Rand shows up. <laughs> and he just like walks up like he's walking in with his hundred warder escort he's like excuse me guys and he just walks over and talks to Swan and just like has a catch up conversation with her yeah, he's like hey what's up oh I see that you've bonded someone that's cool yeah. can't wait to tell my girl about it yeah, yeah no, thanks, thanks for taking that arrow for, arrow for me I don't think I ever thank you for that she's like oh yeah oh, yeah, 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 that was, sure. yeah that, I didn't mean to that was like two that was like book two three what, that was, what, a, long that was a long time ago uh, oh how's Egwene doing by the way yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of dig this new Rand. Like, I'm enjoying this. This is really cool. Yeah, I liked how he just did the, what he was going to do anyway. He didn't care about all the warders. And, like, the warders were, like, I guess surprised or something that he walked over to Swan and didn't stop him or anything. Yeah, they did. I mean, what do like, you do with it? Like, what do you, like, put your hands on the dragon reborn? I don't right, know. Yeah, and part of it is just his this amazing, like, messiah presence that he has now. True. Mm-hmm. And then somebody comes up, and I said I comes up to give him a letter, and I'm assuming that this is from Varen. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, letters with the red seal are all uh, Perrin. Sorry, Perrin. Varen's uh, sign-off letters. She had okay. a bunch of them. She gave a bunch of them. Out. I yeah. didn't know who that was at all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought because because Tiana is an Aes Sedai, so she could have just made like some prompt. She promised somebody to do this, and then she was required to do it. So. It could be anybody. Anybody at all time could have given her like a ridiculous letter and say, give it to the Dragon Reborn if he comes to the White Tower. That is true. And she like, like, it could be Elida. Yeah, well, that's true. But but I think Viren uh, had a whole bunch of those letters sealed with the red seal. It was like a thing that they mentioned back in the Matt chapter. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that's totally what it is. Yeah. And Rand just pockets it. Like, eh, whatever. Well, do it this later, I guess. Later. Yeah, yeah. Put it on the list. Yeah. And then Egwene and Rand meet in the Hall of the Tower. 
Yeah, he just walks into the tower and is like, hey, uh, right. it's been a while, eh? And nobody, like, I like how they're all preparing for him. What's he like now? Oh, he's, he's like really angry and irritable and unpredictable. And then he shows up and he's just chill. He's yeah. super chill. Like, hey, good to see you. You're looking good. This job really suits you. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, she had this whole speech prepared. She's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Thanks, hey. Rand. I mean, you look good except for the hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm here to tell you that I'm going to be breaking the Dark One out of his prison. Trust me, this is a yeah. great plan. They're like, oh, okay, hold yeah. on now. All right, maybe we should... You want to just hang out for a while? Let's, let's discuss this. Like, no, I don't got time. But, you know, I'll answer all your questions when I meet you the day before I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, obviously, Egwene is pretty opposed to this plan. Yeah, she Probably. thinks it's a bad idea to break the seals on the Dark One's prison. Which I, I totally understand why you would think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, she wants to have him checked out for, you know, insanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, again, totally get that, too. And he's like, yeah, totally get that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time for that right yeah, now. The timeline doesn't work out. Yeah. No bigs. <laughs> I figured you might want to do that, but no. But he is yeah. Rand and Luz Theron now, right? Yes, they merged. Yeah. yeah. He he's, he's comments on the fact that it's like, it feels like it's a dream, but it's, it feels like it's his dream. He remembers all of Luz Theron's past. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And then he says, okay, great. This was good talk. Very productive. Uh, I think we're going to have another another meeting right before the event. And uh, nice to see you. And he just leaves. <laughs> well, he's like, I'm going to go, all right? And and like there's a like some subtext there like, uh, you're going to try yeah. and stop me? And Egwene's like, yeah, that's that's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Like cage the dragon reborn? That has not worked out well for people like, in the past. Fight him? Like, I mean, they're... It's not even totally clear that they can win that fight at this point, right? No, not at all. No. Yeah. In fact, I think they would not come out on top there. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's he's in a he's a, he's ascended to a new level, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides, I mean, Egwene is not an attack the person kind of person anyway. So she she's a plotter, and she immediately starts plotting. Yeah. She's like, I need to and, get Nynaeve, I need to get Elaine. And I loved how after she leaves, all the other Aes Sedai like are like, "How could you even talk to him? The force of his presence was just crushing me." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh." Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of feel like it's that's the top end thing, right? Like, she was able to talk because he needed her to talk, and everyone else was, like, locked down. Or because she's also top end. Or because yeah, she's that, also that, top end. Yeah, Could be right. that, too, yeah. yeah. Very likely, I think. Yeah. She, she thinks it's because she called him Rand. She doesn't think of him as Rand. She thinks of him as the Dragon Reborn. Uh, other way around. She other thinks way around. Of him as, yeah, she thinks of him as... Oh, she, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, But you're right. I think I think that, that's what she says. And I'm not sure that's not, I'm not sure that's wrong, you know? I have to wonder if it's connected to Matt and Perrin and Rand when they talk about each other or think about each other, they envision each other. I wonder if there's that's some part of the same connection going on right? there. Yeah, I mean, she's one of the... Like, remember the, the men viewing from way back when that there was like... They were all connected. Mm-hmm. Like she's part of the. She's one of the, like you know the main characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like there's also the viewing. Like there's all these lights in the darkness and the shadows trying to consume them all, and they're trying to like shine, outshine the darkness. And she's yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Which if you don't call that Tavern, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Not even Egwene, probably also Tavern. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, yeah, like you said, Egwene sits down with the sitters and they plot to like, how, what are we gonna do about this whole break the seals plan? Yeah. Yeah. This scene was great. This is the best scene that Brandon Sanderson has written so far. The Egwene scene? Yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, this was a solid start to this book. Like, I think there was... This was very little filler, a lot of killer, you know? Yeah. Like, even the, the prologue was a little... Uh, I mean, not as long as it could have been. It was, you know, 40 pages or so. But it was all pretty pretty solid stuff for me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm into it. Wait. 
Jeff, so would you say you're enjoying this Brandon Sanderson book? I, I, too early to render a judgment. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to talk about chapters four through eight of Towers of Midnight. I am Jeff Lake, that's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan, that's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman, I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And we might answer a question on air if you give us one. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.